Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Community, we are so excited you're here and that you didn't have to just hear David singing. So it was epic. This is David. I'm Rachel, and we are so excited you're here today. Yeah, so it's 2023, right? Is that yeah, right? It is. Yeah, it's 2023. 2023. Yeah, it is. And so, it's hey, we're, uh, we're actually having a conversation over the next weeks about how we can grow in our faith. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that because everybody, no matter how long you've been a believer, um, you need to take your next step towards Jesus, or if you're just beginning to explore Christianity, this is a great, gonna be a great time for you to kind of discover some of these things. And our co-senior pastor, Jason Berry, is with us, and he's um, wrestling with a question that I think is super important. Here's what it is. How do you build an unshakable life? And the reason it's important is because my life feels a little shaky sometimes. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. It's gonna be a great thing for us to discuss. Yeah, and so uh, if you're with us, you know with 12 Stone Home, we like to have some type of We like fun... to talk. We like to talk if we can't talk. We like to have a fun question. So today is January 8th, and our question today. It's an important question. It is We're Very a little heated. So, when is it appropriate to say Happy New Year? Like, when is it end as far as yeah, being how able to long say? Can how you go? So, you just said one week. Very arbitrary. So, yeah. anyway, have a conversation about it, and uh, we'll be back. Okay, so we get very philosophical about this question. <laughs> um, it's very arbitrary, but what say you? Uh, the end of January. Why? Because I haven't even taken down my Christmas okay, uh, decorations yet. I was just walking yet. in here and somebody said Happy New Year and I got a little angry about it. Well, that's your own fault. Be I happier. Know. Be I happy. Know. Okay, so we are excited about <laughs> 2023 and we're just hoping that, that no matter where you are, whether you're a part of our campuses or in the Atlanta area, that, that we're going to all take our next step towards Jesus and um, as a church, just do that together. So right now, we have two new 12-stone home gatherings beginning. They're worshiping today. Yeah. One on the West Coast and one on the East Coast, which is actually in 12-stone home style. So yeah, so we are so excited. Zach and Alex in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. We are so excited. Yeah. Welcome. And then Braden in Port Orchard, Washington. We are so excited for both sets of y'all to join State. us. Washington State. Yeah, yes. it's on the northwest side of our yeah. country. So New Seattle area, that kind of area. So yeah. we are yeah. so excited. Welcome to both of y'all. Hey, so again, we're really glad you're with us today. And if you're watching us, we hope this today today's service is going to be very helpful to you and encouraging to you. But at the same time, we, we kind of have this deep, not kind of, we have a <laughs> deep belief that, that worship happens better in community Absolutely. and when we're together. And so, um, hey, we just encourage you, be a part of a group of people and worship together. Don't just watch by yourself online. Yeah, so if you're in the Atlanta area, we would honestly encourage you either jump in at one of our physical campuses or get involved in a 12-stone home gathering. There are local ones here. And then if you are not in the Atlanta area, we would honestly encourage you Kansas. to Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. To consider Arizona. hosting a 12-stone home gathering. We provide training and equipping and mentoring 
also that you can have a gathering there within your neighborhood. Yeah. So we're really excited for all God's doing. And yeah, so text home to 37748. And um, Rachel, this person <laughs> right here, Rachel will actually reach out Hi. to you and talk you through what does it mean to actually host a 12-stone home gathering. Yes, yeah, so we're really excited for that. And we're actually about to jump into worship, our music portion, but not only are we gonna worship through music, but through communion. And so you can go ahead and grab some, some crackers or some bread and some juice, something that you can um, join in with communion with us. Yeah, and so, hey, I was actually um, reading my Bible this week. I do that from time <laughs> to time. Good and, job. And I was reminded, I came across a verse and I actually thought about you. I thought about us. Mm -hmm. And it, it really reminds me of just the kind of Jesus that we're going to worship today as we as we begin to sing. But here's what Jesus said in John chapter 7. He says, let anyone, he said this in a loud voice, it says this, let anyone who's thirsty come to me to drink. And Jesus does this. He takes kind of physical um, things and makes them spiritual. And, and what he's saying is he's not talking about physical water. He, he's talking about the deepest longings of our heart. We long for relationship, mm -hmm. we long for satisfaction, we long for purpose in our life, and Jesus is saying, hey, come to me. And so as we worship today, as you stand up, get ready to do that, just remember, he's the kind of God that we're worshiping today. He is worthy of our praise. Well, hey, welcome church. Live in the room, you can stand on up, online, 12 Stone Home. Let's worship together, come on. We're called to worship in spirit and in truth. So today as you worship, worship with all of your spirit, and worship in the truth that His presence is with you and His presence is for you. So come on, let's sing together.
worship, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he is highly exalted and he demonstrated that most by offering his body and his blood um, on the cross. And so, Father, we remember that we worship with you. So if you're part of 12 Stone Home or part of a worship gathering with a group of people somewhere, we want to invite you to the table to, to receive the, the, the body and the blood. Rachel's going to walk through this passage and just help us do that together. Um, hey, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, if you're just still investigating and trying to discover what it means to be a Jesus follower, we invite you not to participate today. And we're hoping and praying for that day when you will receive Jesus and God's going to do something tremendous in your heart. And that'll be a day for you to celebrate by um, receiving communion. So Rachel, would you lead us? Yeah, absolutely. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So as we reflect on the as we reflect on the body and the blood of Jesus, just just tell him thank you. Jesus, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that while I was still in my trespasses and sin, Christ, you died for us. Thank you that we can remember that your presence is with us. It's because of the sacrifice that we can actually enjoy the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, for, for quenching all of our thirsts. So as we continue to worship, um, we get to learn a new song today. Yeah, and do. it's really a song of celebrations called Take You At Your Word. And basically it's just an incredible, powerful reminder that what Jesus says, what God has said in his word is true and right. And here's what we're gonna be singing to God. You said your love will never give up. You said your grace is always enough. You said your heart would never forget or forsake me. So maybe you feel forgotten today. Just know that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Russ is going to lead us out. Let's join him. Yeah, we're excited about this song. It's called Take You, Take you at Your Word. It's just that his word is true. His promises don't fail. He can be trusted. Do you believe that you can trust him? Why don't you just whisper this under your breath right now? Say, God, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. I want to teach you this song. It's an exciting one. It's fun. It's full of joy. You know, his word tells us that there's fullness of joy in his presence. I think that's true. And it's true even more when we gather together as his bride. So here's how the song goes. I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I believe it. I've seen how good it works. If you start it, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. Pretty easy, right? Let's sing it again. I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I believe it. I've seen how good it works. 
If you started, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. If you said it, I believe it. I've seen how good it was. If you started, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. You good with that? You ready? Here we go. Let's have a good time. Joy fill this house today. Here's how we go. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and your way is the only way for me. It's a narrow road that leads to life, but I want to be on it. It's a narrow road, but the mercy is wide, and you're good on your promise. And here's the chorus, sing it. I'll take you at your word. If you say it, I believe it. I've seen how good it works. If you start it, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. And the chaos fell in line Oh, I know Cause I've seen it in my life It's a narrow road that leads to life But I wanna be on it Oh, it's a narrow road And the tide is high But you thought it I'm saved. 
of who you are. We're grateful for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, take a quick second before we grab a seat and greet somebody around you. Hey, if you're at home, this is a great time for you to grab a, a new cup of coffee or shift your seat or whatever. We love you guys. In fact, now before you're even seated anywhere at a campus, before you're seated, before you're seated at any campus, that is a great worship together and we usually we usually end up with God is good and then we yell all the time and all the time God's we should start the year with that so I'm gonna start it with that and you're gonna respond loud and proud for God is good and all the time now high five two or three people and then you can be seated and if you're at 12 stone home welcome in online community any of the live campuses so good to be together, and I want to get right to something. First thing I want us to be aware of is this God-sized vision for 2023. Yesterday morning during the uh, Saturday prayer time, and let me just be uh, crisp and pointed with my words. The Holy Spirit uh, rested on me in a few of those moments, and it was just profound, spirit-to-spirit spirit kind of things. And he spoke in uh, to me the things I think I need to say right now. See, Kevin, um, you know how you lean into uh, that Isaiah 61, which is my calling. Back when I was 16, if you've been around here, you've heard that. Uh, it says the spirit of the sovereign, Lord, the spirit of the sovereign. Why don't you say the word sovereign with me loud and proud? The spirit of the what? Sovereign. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed. He has anointed. He has what? Say it with me. Anointed. He has anointed me to, to preach his word, his good news, to set captives free. In other words, uh, this right here is, is all of the, the, the power of God to do the things God's called uh, me to do. And that, that's true for anyone that he sovereignly anoints. And so those two words in Scripture, sovereign and anointing, are profound. See, sovereign... What sovereign does is it declares that God 
is the one making the plans. That's why it's so powerful. And anointed declares that God is the power making the plans happen. That's why those words are so profound. Sovereign and anointed has been honestly uh, my only confidence and what I have cherished uh, for the 30 plus years uh, that I pastored this church. And while when I was praying yesterday and um, Jason was sharing what, what God's put on his heart, the Spirit of God said, I want you to say something to 12 Stone. So if you would, would you just let me say a couple things that I think God wants us to hear? And I want to say them as if God is speaking to you. A 12 Stone, sovereign and anointed is true. Not just for PK, not just for this church, but over Jason Berry. See, I sovereignly anointed Kevin before you were born, before Jason was born, before this church was born. Do not underestimate what God is sovereignly anointing in this year. Literally, tell 12 Stone that succession in 2023 is God's vision for 12 Stone. This is the year that we will walk through succession, and we should do it like we know God has sovereignly anointed it. I need an amen. amen. We should walk through this. So few do this well. We should do this like, in fact, I jotted some notes just from the time with the Lord. God has sovereignly anointed our past, our present, and our future. There should be an amen. I'll do it again. You weren't there. God has sovereignly anointed our past, our present, and our future. Yeah, succession is not casual, it's supernatural. Succession is not something I do with Jason and y'all watch. This is what we do together as the Spirit of God unfolds what he's doing next and new. By the way, the first half of 2023 is all our preparation for. I'm giving you the date now. On August the 6th, 2023 will be my last teaching. Hang on, my last teaching as senior pastor of this church. Then I will hand it over. We will anoint Jason as the senior pastor. I stay on as the founding pastor. I'm going to be in partnership serve alongside, be on the teaching team, but God's doing something supernatural. August the 6th is going to be an awesome time, and then God's going to unleash the next and new that he's doing. To keep you informed, this February we're going to do a simple succession website so you have timeline and details, and you know what's coming and how it all unfolds. I want you to see how God's sovereign hand has been in this. I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing as founding pastor, what Marsha and I are going to be doing. And, and in that, a little bit of it is what we're doing tonight. Jason and I are going to be hanging with the 55 plus. By the way, this party tonight is going to be great fun. If you hadn't signed up and, or you hadn't heard about it, you just text 55 plus to 37748. I think we can maybe fit 40 more people in. There's 800 of us come. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. <sighs> now, I'm laying this out today for a reason. I asked Jason, I, I, I was convinced God is setting this up this year. And so I asked Jason to teach the first three weekends of this five-week series on purpose. There are things God is calling us to. And it is such an awesome ride to be on with the kingdom of God. So Jason, would you come on out? See, Jason's going to help answer the question, how do you build an unshakable life? Listen, the answer to that question will change your life. The answer to that question builds an unshakable church. 
And if I were going to be the senior, the future senior pastor of this church for the next 10 to 20 years, I would do exactly what you're doing, exactly what we're doing. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your sovereign plan. Thank you for your anointed covering. But that's not just true for Jason. That's true for this church and everyone who would walk with you. Holy Spirit, may we hear from you today. May we walk in your invitation. Make us unshakable. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. And so I want to start with that question right off the top. How do you build an unshakable life? And that's not a compelling question unless you've been through what all of us have been through over the last two, three, four, five years. Things that felt solid suddenly start to feel shaky or at least around us, right? The things we once depended on start to feel shaky. The world felt shaky for me in the last two, three, four, five years. If you told me you knew this was coming, I'm going to call you a liar because you didn't. It's been a complicated, weird, shaky season. And I have, I have watched the things that many of us thought would always be solid suddenly become shaky. Maybe you said over the course of these last few years, my family, it, it's not perfect, but it's solid. My extended family, man, it's solid. They got my back. We're good. And then suddenly you, you start to see people, parents fighting with their, their grown kids and, and kids not talking to each other and siblings falling out of relationship. And what once felt solid now feels shaky. Maybe you had a, a sense that you, you, you felt solid in your handling of parenting. Like, I, I sort of know what I'm doing. Then your kid turns 13. You're like, I got no clue. I'm lost. God help me. Shaky again. Man, things went digital years ago. And, and man, what did that do? And social media is now on your kid's phone. And you're like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Felt solid. Now it, it feels shaky. Maybe, maybe you were at a place where you're like, man, I worked my whole life. I saved well. And my retirement at least is solid. Now 30% of the market disappeared in the last two years. And you're like, man, what felt solid now feels a bit shaky Maybe, maybe over the course of this last season, you, you felt like your marriage was solid. Not perfect, but solid. In the course of this last season, things came to light. Or you guys started to drift apart from each other. It feels like someone pulled the drain on, on the sink of your love, and you're like, it's just not there. And what you always thought would be solid now suddenly feels shaky. Maybe you felt solid in your job or the business or company you run or wherever you work, and you're like, that's solid at least. And then economic patterns have changed and things are just different. And you're like, well, I have a job in six, 12 months, six, 12 weeks. I had to transition things. And man, what felt solid now suddenly feels shaky. Maybe you felt like your mental, emotional sort of stuff felt solid. Like between the ears, I feel solid. And if you're honest, man, the stuff and the storms around you in the last two, three years eventually got in you, and your emotions once felt solid, now they feel shaky. Man, maybe your, your character always felt solid. Like, man, lots of stuff can happen, but my character, who I am when no one's looking, I know the lines I've drawn, I know the, the lines I'm going to hold, and I know who I'm going to be, and now you look in the mirror, and you're like, I don't recognize the person I'm seeing anymore. 
It once felt solid, and now even your character feels shaky. Your faith, man, for decades, maybe you walk with God, and your faith was solid, but you've drifted in your rhythms and your habits and your priorities, and you're in a place of cynicism and doubt before God even, and what always felt solid suddenly feels shaky. All of this resulting in something in your life feeling shaky. And you don't have to raise hands because it could get awkward. But if you were to take a look at your life, you'd be honest and say, there is something in my life that I thought would always be solid that as I look at it now, it feels shaky. See, this week, as I sat in my office praying and preparing this teaching, writing this teaching, I, God started bringing me back over the list of people that I know, that I care about, that I love, for whom things got, got really shaky this year. I got another stinking phone call yesterday from someone I know and I love whose life crashed in the last three weeks. Someone who 10 years ago would have said, they're solid. <laughs> no matter what, come hell or high water, that person is solid. And now the phone rings. Do you know what burdens me? You're going to learn this about me. When I care about something, I don't cry. I get intense and it's going to feel angry, but it's not. It's because I really care. Do you know what burdens me? That this stuff keeps happening. Marriages of people that I love falling apart. People who I, I believe would never crumble and their character crashed and things came to light. And I'm going, seriously, this stuff messes me up because it didn't have to play out like that. Like it's one thing if it's inevitable, but it's not. God wants to help us build an unshakable life and it doesn't have to fall apart. Your marriage doesn't have to be terrible. Your parenting doesn't have to feel uphill. Your character doesn't have to be faked. God can help you build an unshakable life. There is more to life than maybe you're experiencing. And if I could just be blunt, it, it doesn't have to keep happening. I'm tired of it happening. And my prayer for 2023 is that God would help us grow unshakable lives. In fact, I want to take us to Jesus's words because he told a parable that just hits this thing right on the head. And don't mistake my intensity for anger. My intensity is that I care about you. I love you and I want this for you. Here's what Jesus says. Matthew 7, he just finishes preaching the Sermon on the Mount, the best message ever preached, even better than Pastor Kevin, best message. And then Jesus he capstones this whole thing by saying this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Second part of the parable. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The same rain came down, the same streams rose, the same winds blew and beat against that house. But that one, it fell with a great crash. See, Jesus is saying, listen, there's, there's two ways to live your life. There's two ways to build your life. 
And I want to give you just three quick observations from the parable. Here's the first. The metaphor of building a house correlates to the reality of building a life. Hopefully you see that. Like Jesus was not getting into like house building. He wasn't giving you like building advice. He was saying, listen, the, the reality is this. You're building a life whether you know it or not. And this metaphor points to that. You're building through your education, through your career, and your relationships, and your marriage, and your character, and your finances. You're building a life. Second observation, you get to choose what you build your life on. You get to make a decision what you're going to build your life on. Notice Jesus didn't say, those who hear my words and like them are wise or foolish. Those who hear my words and put them into practice. You have to choose that you're not just going to listen to the words of Jesus, but build your life from them. And there's only one way that will withstand the storm. The third observation is this. Storms in life are inevitable. Your life collapsing is not. I don't want you to mistake this. What I'm saying today is not. Let me give you a way to build your life so there'll be no more storms. That's not possible. If I could do that, I would have already done it, and you'd be thanking me. I can't. God never promised that. But he does promise this, that when the storms come, if your life is built wisely, the storms will go on around you, and the life that you've built will withstand the storms. See, both houses in that parable looked the same on the outside. But once the storm swept through, it was obvious to everybody which house was built right and what house was not built right? See, God offers us a way to build unshakable lives, even when the world around us is quite shaky and will always be so. And listen, you're going to get to make decisions this year. 2023. Will you build an unshakable life? So since Jesus used the metaphor of houses, I want to, I want to lean into that metaphor. And so I want to, I want to play this out. I'm curious. The number won't be a lot, but there's probably a few across the campuses in a 12-stone home. How many of you have ever built your own home? Like, not like a hammer and nails. Like, not you actually built it, but like, you picked a floor plan. You picked a blueprint. You went from like the, 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 the clearing of the land all the way to moving in. I'm curious. Hands up. Wow, more than I thought. Congratulations. Across the campuses, you went through the journey of, of pouring the foundation, framing going up, finally getting to move it. I, I've always wanted to do that. Like the idea that I get to pick every square foot in the house, like just so you know, if I ever built my own house, there would be a slide somewhere in the house. I don't know how I'd do it, but if I'm, if I'm building it for an extra like 500 bucks, put the slide in, right? Like I've always wanted to do that, but I... I if you know me, I don't have the patience to wait. Like, it, it's a multi-year process, right? Those of you who built your own house, give me some nods. It's a long thing, right? All right, it's complicated. I've never had the, the patience to do it. You see, you, you have to pick, like, a blueprint, and you have to, like, have the eyes to see it, and, and you're like, well, this is where this is going to go, and this is where this is going to go, and then once you agree on paper, then they start rolling in the machines, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a while. So what, what do I typically do? I, I don't pick a blueprint. I just pick someone else's house on MLS, right? Like I, I buy a used house. I buy the house that you built and you spent two years waiting for and I'll just put up the MLS and I'll just go looking around and like clicking them red dots trying to find a good deal, right? 
Like I, I'll just pick a house that's already standing. I don't have the vision or the patience to build my own house. But the problem is the speed and convenience of buying a used house is traded for the reality that I'm stuck with the things that the last guy built. How many of you, how many of you have ever moved into a house and went, why did they do this? Why didn't they put a plug here? In one of our houses, there was a place in the house that the vacuum couldn't reach from either plug. And you're like, was this just always dirty? Like, if you drop food here, 10-second rule does not apply. Like, how do they not put a plug here? Or why is the light switch for this all the way over? That's so stupid, right? Like, you, you live with the, the mistakes the last builder built. The reality is this. You say things like, if I would have built this house, I would have done this. <laughs> now, listen, you might have never built a house but you are building a life. And you get to make decisions about how you're going to build the house of your life. And here's what you have to know. Jesus's metaphor is really, really spot on for how you build a life. See, when Jesus connected building a house with building a life, it makes sense because a well-built home doesn't just appear. You have to pour foundation, framing. You've got to actually build it strategically on purpose from the ground up and listen to me, there is no MLS Zillow system for you buying someone else's life. You have to build your own from the ground up. And what God's inviting us to is to build an unshakable life. It's why we're asking the question, how do you build an unshakable life in 2023? And today I'm going to give us an overview of where we're headed. And for the next three, four weeks, we're going to unpack this one thing at a time, how you build an unshakable life. But for anybody who doesn't know the basics of building a house, which is sort of me because I've never done it, but just go with me. I know enough to say this. Here's sort of the blueprint for an unshakable house. Here's how you build it. You start with, you clear the land and you pour the foundation, right? For those of you who are really not smart, it's the concrete on the bottom of your house so it doesn't sink into the Georgia clay or in the sand of the Northwest. Like, it's the foundation everything else is built on. It better be straight. It better be flat. It better not crack, right? All right. Secondly, then you put the framing up, the wood, and all the, the two-by-fours that go up and four-by-sixes and seven-by-rotary girders, whatever it is. Like, you put the framing up, and then you better have a room design. Otherwise, you're going to have two plugs where the vacuum can't get that, that little dirty strip in the middle, right? You're, you're designing the rooms and the light switches, and this is the kitchen, this is the bedroom, and then eventually you get to finally fill it with family. See, a house becomes a home when you finally fill it with family. And listen, Jesus made the connection. He said, listen, your spiritual life is like building a house. And some of you for years have felt like you're the, 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 the pathway to spiritual growth, to building a life in Jesus is so complicated. It looks like a crazy, complicated blueprint. And you're like, I don't know where to start. Like, what do I do with this? What are the zigzag lines? Is that like cool, new, like modern architecture of walls? What do I do? I don't understand where to start. And this is how your spiritual journey is felt. And maybe you've just said, I don't know where to start, so I'm not going to start. Or maybe you've been in this and around this long enough that you're like, yeah, I know it's complicated. I'll just hang out longer and see if I can figure it out. When in fact, listen, God has given us a blueprint in his scripture. He's given us a blueprint to build our life off of. And here's, here's the reality. I'm going to be giving us God's blueprint, and we could say this a hundred different ways. 
we had to pick language, and this is how we're going to say them. It's not magic words, but every time God unpacks this blueprint for how you build your life to be unshakable, here's what it comes down to. This is God's blueprint for an unshakable life. The foundation is, is knowing God, and we're going to unpack these. Knowing God, relationship with him, the framing you're building the, the walls of the, of the house. That's finding freedom. We'll talk about that. Then you have room design. You have to know whatever room's going to do, and that's discovering your, your purpose. And then finally, you fill it with family, and that's about making a difference. This is God's pattern. This is his blueprint that he invites you to build off of, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You just have to start building, and you'll be amazed at what God does when that happens. You see, the order matters, the process is intentional, and you can't skip a step. You can't start throwing up framing before the foundation's poured. Well, I guess you can. You just have to start over. It wouldn't work. Like, you have to follow the journey. And, and just like when you build a house, there's a reason the inspector shows up at every phase of the build. Once the foundation's poured, the inspector shows up and goes, all right, put a level on that guy. Yeah. That's not going to work, right? we got to fix this before you go to the next phase of building. And after framing, let me check the, the framing. Is this solid? All right, cool. You can move to the next reality and the next reality and the next reality of this. Because listen, once you cover it up, it's harder to fix. See, if the inspector catches a framing issue before the drywall's up, relatively easy to fix. The second you skip a step and throw drywall on bad framing... Good luck having your furniture sit flush with any wall ever again. That's why, and listen, over the next four or five weeks, we're going to invite God to inspect how we're building our lives. There's a lot of places in the Bible that I could unpack this blueprint. Over a dozen places, God sort of lays out this blueprint. But every time he does, he gives us four steps. I mean, I want you to take notes today. Even if you don't take notes, take your phone out and just type some text to yourself or a notes app. Because you're going to begin to hear these words all over this church. You're going to begin to feel us bend everything we do to those four goals in God's blueprint for building an unshakable life. So let me unpack them at a 30,000-foot level en route to the next few weeks, unpacking them in detail. And you'll see how this plays out. The scripture I want to sit inside is one of, like I said, over a dozen, but it's one of my favorites. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, and the Apostle Paul is writing his prayer to the church at Ephesus. And he's saying, listen, this is what I'm praying for you. And I want to just sort of take this piece by piece. And I pray the Spirit of God awakens you to the blueprint that he lays out for us. So here's what Paul says. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I wish you could see what I see. I wish God would turn the light switch on, that you could see this divine, beautiful blueprint that he's laying out. Because listen, if you could, you would understand that, listen, God may, so that you may know him better. Know him better. That's the first step in this blueprint, the foundation that, listen, that you would know God. The first invitation of God is not that you do better, not that you change your habits, not that you look better in church. It's that you may know him. That's the foundation that everything else in your life is built on. And you have to catch this because when you read that in, in the English 
that, so that you may know him better. That sounds quite benign and, and, and sort of rudimentary and simple that, okay, I'll know God. Listen, there are in the Greek language, eight different words, at least in the New Testament, that he could have picked for that word to know, the word knowledge. But he chose the word gnosko in Greek. And that word is, is a very different understanding than the English language can grasp by just that four letters, K-N-O-W. It's the same word, in fact, that is used in Greek to describe uh, the, the intimacy between a husband and wife that creates a child. I'll say nothing more than that. But this word is not a sexual word. It's an intimate word. It's a closeness word. Paul's saying, listen, you can know God. Not just read his book and get more smarter about him. You can know God. You can know him personally, up close, authentic, intimately, real there, there, there's a, there's a, an understanding you have to get that God's not inviting you into a religion or into a religious structure. He's inviting you to know him. If there is a God, wouldn't you want to know him? <laughs> like, wouldn't you want to have a relationship with him? Not like, not like a president way over there or a king way over there, but like, like a dad right here. There's a reason Jesus called God heavenly father over 150 times in the New Testament. Because he wants a relationship. God got to pick the names that we called him. And he picked father. Because he wants a relationship with us. See in 1 John 4.10. I want you to see how much he loves you. And the distance he went. So that we could have a relationship. This is love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He wanted a relationship with us so bad that he sent his own son Jesus to die in our place, take our consequences, so that we could have a relationship. And maybe you've looked at your faith journey and said, this is a ticket to heaven, best case scenario. And God's like, yeah, that's cool, but I want, I want you to know me here and now. I want a re relationship with you, and this is the foundation for everything else we're going to talk about, that you can know God. And you need to know this. 12 Stone is a church that was created for people who have had this thought. There has to be more. You ever had that thought? There has to be more than playing church. And trying to drum my energy up to go read the Bible in the morning and try to just do better, work harder. There's got to be more. Listen, there is so much more of God than you might be experiencing right now. Because listen, he has created you for a relationship with him. Intimate, personal, up close, real, and it's better than you can imagine. In fact, it's one of the reasons why, you've already probably heard this, one of the reasons why I'm sort of ringing the bell and I'm calling our church to worship this Friday. Central Campus, for all the 12 stone, anyone close enough to drive in, Friday night, 730. Because listen, you, let me say it this way, you, you might need some fresh gnosko. You might need some fresh encounter with God, like, God, I actually want to know you. We believe that God's going to meet us there Friday night. And we're going to create space for that to happen. And listen, God wants you to know him.
But that's the foundation. Many of you who build a house know once the foundation is done, that's awesome, but you can't move in. The second thing that Paul says is, listen, that, that I, want, I want you to know him, but listen, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And if you're like me, I'm, I'm sort of a literalist, and I'm like, Paul, I got to talk to you, dog. Um, you might not be a doctor like Luke was, but uh, your eyes aren't on your heart. They're on your head, right? Maybe I'm silly, and you're like, you, you assume something that I'm, but I, I just look at that and go, your eyes aren't on your head. They're on your heart. They're on your head. I look here, and Paul's going, no, you're missing something. You actually look through the eyes of your heart. You see the world through the eyes of your heart more than you realize. See, what happens is as life goes on, you pick up baggage along the way. And it creates a heart filter that you see everything else through. Listen, you have stuff from your, your pain, your past, your problems, and people and over time, the wounds of those things sort of accumulate, and you begin to see the world through the eyes of your heart. And Paul's saying, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In the message version, it says this, I pray that your heart may be focused and clear. And many of us, our heart is muddy and foggy because of all the junk that we still carry. And there's things from your past that still affect you today, and it can be past 60 years ago or past six days ago or past something your spouse said to you when you drove into the parking lot and it's just a little tic-tac-sized bomb in the back of your brain waiting to pop when you go, how dare you say that about me? So you see the world through this lens of your heart. And let me just say it simply. It's the question like, what in my life that if it wasn't there, my life would be better? Sit in that for a second. What in your life that if it wasn't there, your life would just be better, would just be more freed up? We all have something in this. And just about the time you think you've got it all cleared, something else jumps in because we hurt each other in relationships and things that are said. You know, for you, maybe it's emotional triggers from how you were raised. Maybe it's pain from, a, from an ex and the, the things they said still cycle. Maybe you realize that you're sitting inside of a, of a cycle of chasing the same type of person to date that keeps hurting you over and over again. And your friends already know this because you go, girl, he hurt me again. You're like, stop dating those kind of guys. Why? Because you're seeing through this heart filter that's not clear. See, maybe, maybe it's an addiction or a crutch. Maybe it's beliefs about your self-worth from words that were spoken over you months or years ago. Feeling anxious or acting impulsively, avoidance of certain things, passivity in places where you were called to lead, anger or rage, uncontrolled emotions. You see, there are things in your life that if you don't find freedom from them, they will always own you. See, here's the second part. It's the framing of the house is where we find freedom. See, the foundation can be plumb, can be straight, can be level. You have, you have a guy in a blindfold and a nail gun put your framing up. Don't care how good the foundation is, your house is never going to be awesome. See, we call it the framing. Because let me, let me just invite you tomorrow. It was probably six, seven years ago. And I moved. I was in the house um, before the one I'm in now. And there was an unfinished basement. Not huge, maybe a thousand square feet. And I was like, man, I want to finish that basement. So I, I called a, like a legit basement finishing company. I was like, I want to finish my basement. And he sent me the quote and I was like, 
I do not want to finish my basement any longer. It's like, you had an extra zero? No, that's really how much it costs. Awesome. Uh, so I sat in that rejection for a couple months. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finish this basement myself. It's just, just drywall. It's just high-voltage electrical. It's just HVAC. I'll do it myself, right? And so what did I do? I, I called a friend of mine that, that works in the drywall business because that's sort of like the next step we were in. I was like, all right, dude. Uh, how do we throw drywall up and like, let's get this thing starting to look like a room? Because you know how when you put drywall up, you're like, it's sort of a, a house now. And so he started looking around and he's like, dude, the, 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 the studs are, are fine. Your house isn't going to collapse, but there's not a single line of, of studs that are flush with the other side of the room. They're all wonky. Like you're, you're not going to have a straight wall in your basement. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. How do we get the drywall up faster because I want a theater in my basement because it's man cave time. I've earned this. Let's go. And he's like, you don't understand. Doors are not going to shut ever. Pictures are going to fall off the wall every time someone steps above you. You don't understand how important this is. See, what did he help me do? He helped me see the mess before I covered it up with drywall. And listen, God puts you in a church like this so that you can be in relationships with other people that can help you see the mess before you cover it up. Because once you cover it up, it's way harder to fix. And maybe your experience thus far has been, I'm just always going to have to carry the pain, the past, the people, the problems I, I have, and that's just the life I'm doomed to. And what if God brought you here for him to say, listen, you can actually find freedom you can have the chains of your past and pain and problems and people fall off and you can live freed up. God offers freedom through Jesus. He conquered sin and death on the cross. I think he can conquer the things your mom or dad said to you. The things that are still bouncing around your head you can't get past. God wants to help you find freedom. And I'm going to unpack these more in the weeks to come. How that plays out. What that looks like. But I want to plant the seed. What are the things that if they weren't in your life, your life would be better? That's what I think God wants to give you freedom from. But it's not done there. He says, Paul says this. That, Listen, I, I want your eyes of your heart to be enlightened. Not just in and of themselves, but so that... You may know the hope to which he has called you. Not just so you can be past your, your past, but that, so that you can know you have a calling. And listen, you, you can't see the potential of your future while you're still looking at the pain from your past. And what God wants to do is say, listen, I want to give you freedom from that stuff so you can see that you have a calling on your life. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. You are not an accident even if your parents did not plan you, you were not an accident to God. You have a purpose. No matter what you've done in your past, God can redeem your past and give you a purpose for the future. Your life is more than just a nine to five. You have purpose and you have a calling. And once you settle your pain and your past and your problems and your people, God invites you to step into your purpose. And that's why this is the, the, the sort of third step room design. And that's, we're going to call this discover purpose. See, I don't have to give you a purpose. I help you discover the purpose that God has already put in you. Listen, just like the house metaphor. Jesus used it because it's smart. Listen, just like a kitchen has a different purpose than a bathroom. At least I hope. 
I had a friend with an apartment. He moved to the city of New York, and he had no money, and literally, they had the same purpose, and I never ate at his house because the bathroom was, there's a toilet in the kitchen. So in your house, I hope the kitchen and the bathroom have unique purposes. Hopefully, the, the way that your master suite is designed is larger than your kids' bedrooms. It has a unique flow to it. Listen, if you have kids in the house, that bonus room is probably a playroom, and it has a unique calling and purpose to that room. And then when you become an empty nester, that bonus room turns into a man cave. Praise God. I'm jealous. I'll see you in 10 years. But whatever it is, each room has a unique purpose. And listen, you have a unique purpose. See, I think one of the most important jobs I have as a pastor is to help you unlock your unique purpose. I think one of the most important roles the church has in your life is to help you discover the purpose that God has for you. We'll talk more, but it's, it's one of the reasons we've created Growth Track so we can help you unlock what God's already put in you, your gifts, your wirings, your passions, who you are uniquely. You're unlike anybody else on earth. And God has a purpose for your life because, listen, once you know God, pour the foundation. He can help you find freedom from the stuff that keeps cycling and once you, the eyes of your heart have been cleared and you have freedom, you can look to the future and say, God, what purpose do I have for my life? And once you, you discover your purpose, you know how to make a difference. Here's how Paul says it in the Ephesians passage. So that to know the hope which he has called you, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You might read that and go, what does that mean? What, what is God's inheritance? Last word of the verse. Say it with me. What's God's inheritance? People. Let's try that again. One, two, three. People. That's, that's what God cares about. He demonstrated that by sending Jesus. And God's like, I care about people. And so here's the reality. Your purpose will always have a connection to people. Your purpose is never, my purpose is to get rich and live in a mansion and never see anyone again. That sounds awesome, sort of, but it's not your purpose. God's not into that stuff. Your purpose always connects to people because God's all about people. God's wild about people. God doesn't need people, but he chooses to love people. And so our purpose is always uniquely connected to people because it's God's inheritance. It's the thing that he wants. See, until you've met Jesus, the purpose of your life is to know him, to meet him, to come into a relationship with him. But once you know God, once you've met Jesus and you're a follower, the purpose of your life is to get the next person to meet him and to know God and to help find freedom and then to discover their purpose so the next person can. You see, this is not a heavy weight of obligation. This is a fulfilling invitation of joy based on your purpose and gifting. And let me talk to the introverts in the room because whenever I start talking about this, it feels like your inner monologue starts to go like, oh, no, no, no. You're going to tell me I have to talk to strangers all day, every day, and I don't do strangers. I don't like meeting new people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God's going to invite you to be used based on your wiring, your gifting, your calling, your purpose. So very rarely will God ask a hyper introvert to go talk to a stranger. Now, he might, but typically he says, no, what have I put in you? And here's how we say it here. The last step is to fill the house with family. It's to, it's to what? It's to make a difference. Your life was not created for you just to live 
84 years and die, you were, you were created to leave a legacy, to make a difference in the lives of people. And discovering your purpose allows you to participate in things that make a difference, in places that you care deeply about, and in ways that you were created for with people that you love. It's a beautiful existence, deep meaning, deep purpose. See, the real reason the church exists is not to give you a place to hang out on Sundays or a place you can sing songs and hear teaching. Those things are important, but it goes so far beyond that. The church exists to help you discover why you're here and to unleash you to live into that calling and purpose and to make a difference in the lives of people. See, this is where our daymaker vision and calling sort of originated from, and we'll talk about that. See, you start to see how this play out. That Listen, God, God wants you to know him. And once you know him, the power that rose Jesus from the dead is now available to you. You can find freedom from the junk. And then once you find freedom, your eyes are clear, and you can see the divine, unique purpose that God has put in you. And you can discover that, and then you can live it out and make a difference in the lives of people. What would it look like if a church had tens of thousands of people that built their lives on this blueprint? See, the unshakable life that God talks about is not a life with canned food in the basement and extra water and hunker down. It's a life that, listen, is freed up to say, I am not about myself anymore. And there's meaning and purpose and joy. And yes, the storms will be around me, but they don't have to get in me. And I can live unshakable even when the world around me is quite shaky. See, the whole purpose of today is, is this. I want to help cast a vision for your life that's big enough to draw you in. I'm not hiding my agenda. If, if you're a fish, I want you to bite. And this is not a pyramid sales scheme. This is not a, a get rich quick scheme. This is not a sales sort of gig. This is my heart for you. And more importantly, it's God's heart for you. I want to cast a vision that you might not even fully believe that the four things I just described are possible. But you might say something like this. What if they're possible? What if you could know God? What if you could have freedom from the things that have haunted you? The things that make you not see your relationships today in front of you healthy. Things that keep you from interacting in life as a whole person. What if you could find freedom? What if God actually had a purpose for you? Not just for humanity, for you. Bill, Steve, Susie, put your name in the blank. And then what if God wanted to invite you to make a difference, to do something with your life that was so meaningful, so full of purpose, that even as you're sweating and running and striving and giving and serving, that it's filling you up because this is why you were created. See, my only point is to give you a vision big enough to draw you in. Because over these next few weeks, we're going to unpack this together. And I believe God's going to give you opportunities to make some decisions for your life in 2023. And I would tell you there's no better decision than I could push you to make than to say, I will build my life, 
and the truth of Jesus, like he said in Matthew 7, that, that you can build an unshakable life, but you can't do it by yourself. See, here's my warning. For most of us, we overvalue the room and undervalue the build. Let me say it again. For most of us, we overvalue the room and undervalue the build. I overvalue the tile in the kitchen, the type of countertops, the paint color, the furniture, the flooring. I overvalue that and I undervalue how important the foundation is and the framing is and making sure there's plumbing in the kitchen. That'd be helpful. And the electrical's in the right places. We overvalue the room and undervalue the build. And this is how it plays out in life. We want an amazing and intimate marriage. We want to raise well-adjusted, successful kids. We want strong character and deep purpose, but we overlook the whole building process that God lays out. And we're looking for shortcuts. I do. There's a reason I've not built my own house, because there is a shortcut with houses. Buy one that's already built, and I can move in in a month. It's not how it works in your faith journey, and it's not how it works when you build a life. There are no shortcuts. It's like... It's like asking God for a six-pack while you're eating a whole large pizza by yourself. Doesn't square up, right? That would be awesome, but that's not how it works. And this year, I, I want to show you practically, as your pastors are about to step up, I want to show you practically how we as your church are, are creating opportunities for you to begin to invest and to build an unshakable life in 2023. And I recognize this, that for some of you, I want to go over here and I want to use this TV, but, but for some of you, this is your re-entering into this whole church conversation. It's, it's, it's sort of breaking the ice. You might not have been around church in a long time and, and it can start to, it can feel a little bit awkward at first and, and you start to tell yourself, I'm the only one that he's talking to. Everybody else in this room I'm in has an unshakable life already. Their house looks so good. Mine's the only one that's leaning left and needs a lot of help. And I'm telling you, it's a lie. Everybody in this room has something that God wants to take us deeper in. You're telling me that all of us know God fully. There's nothing more for you to know about God. Really? You might want to ask God about that. Uh, You're telling me there's nothing you need freedom from. Nothing. You didn't pick up any baggage from people or pain or your past in the last year. Okay. You're telling me that your purpose doesn't evolve or deepen over time and in different seasons of life. You're telling me that you're making a, making a difference perfectly all day, all the time. That's how you live. If so, write a book. I'll buy it, and we'll just read it instead of preaching next weekend. See, all of us have places God wants to take us, and I want to show you how we're practically building the church calendar between now and the spring to help make this stuff a priority, and we want to help you. So the first thing is know God, and I want to ask us to repeat these back because you're going to hear these words Ad nauseum in the life of this church. So the first thing is what? That was incredibly disappointing. Let's try it again. You, the word God's in it. Like, give it a little something, right? What's the first step? One, two, three. There you go. And the first step in that, let's start here. Like, be at church. When we gather, it's to, to help each other learn and know and experience more of God. This series, stay in this. We're starting a, we're a dysfunction relationship series in February. You're going to want to be here, but I want to, I want to play this out. This segment's called Looking Forward. Where are we going? No, God, this, this Friday night, you might need to, right now before God, make a decision. I'm, I'm coming to a call to worship. 
because I, I need to experience more of God. I believe God's going to meet us there. I know it's in person only, so if you're within driving distance, make this a priority. See, we want to create invitations and opportunities for you to know God. And secondly, find freedom. This will make a little bit more sense next week when I unpack it. But listen, some of y'all need a friend that knows drywall like I had to say, listen, there's some stuff that's wonky in your life. And yeah, if you build a marriage on that, if you try to raise kids on that, you're going to pass some things down you weren't intending to. See, small group sign-ups start January 22nd and 29th. Small groups to us are not like an optional thing we do. It's not something to add another event to your life. It's how you find freedom. I want us to say that one together. First is know God, then it's what? One, two, three, find freedom. Third, discover purpose. I want you to say that loud and proud. One, two, three. There you go. That's why we created Growth Track. See, next week at every campus, if you've not been through Growth Track, this is how you unlock what God's put in you. This is how you discover why God put you here in the first place. And the last one is, let's say it together, one, two, three, make a difference. Let's just start here. There'll be more. Invite somebody to church. Tell me that you don't have people that are near to you but far from God. And what would God do if, if they actually met God and they could know God. And then they could find freedom from the things that sort of captivate them and keep them captive. And then what if they could discover the purpose God had for their life? And then what if they could make a difference? See, so invite someone to the series next week. Maybe you know someone who's having some relational stuff going on. And man, in February, we're going to jump into a relationship series. Invite somebody. Make a difference in their life. The best difference you can make is introducing them to Jesus. And then since I have you, I got one bonus one that if you're a planner. <clears throat> and there's more. Wait, wait. Sunday. Anyway, uh, February 10th, we're having a marriage event. It's been a long time. Mark your calendars. Just, just a date night for married couples. And we want to just set aside a night because, listen, if I have a burden in my heart, one of the deepest burdens I have is marriages. And some of us need to pour some foundation back into our marriage again because things felt solid. Now they feel shaky. We'll give you more details, but mark your calendar, February 10th. Guys, you might be able to get away with this being your Valentine's date. Maybe, I don't know. But mark the calendar because we believe that February 10th is a huge weekend in the life of our church. And so here's what we're going to do. This was a lot. I want us to collectively take a breath across all the campuses on three. A big inhale, big exhale. One, two, three. That was a lot, but I have a deep sense that God's calling this church to build unshakable lives, and I believe in my soul that God's already given us the blueprint. So pastors, would you sort of seal this moment, add the final details to ways that you can jump in and actually be a part of these things, and then would you seal this over us with a prayer? So Jesus, we, uh, we thank you that you are good and God, just for all the foundational things that we are learning about building our, our own life, our life in you. And Jesus, we just ask that as we continue to um, learn more about each of these things, that we would take them personally and that we would apply them to our lives and that Jesus, our lives would be transformed. So we love you and it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you 
So, um, hey, a lot of stuff coming up in 2023, even in the next couple months, and a lot of ways for you to take your next step towards Jesus and know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and, and make a difference. But hey, as you know, we're, we're one church with um, two expressions. We have our eight campuses right here. We're in, in actually Atlanta right now, Duluth, Georgia, which is outside of Atlanta. There's eight campuses around, and we want to serve equally campuses and 12 Stone Home yeah. really, really well. So we have things we do specially for 12 Stone Home, which is around the country. But we also have things we want to do right here in our region. So you're hearing a lot of that right now. If you live in the Atlanta area, you want to be a part of those things. Again, we have 12 Stone Home gatherings right yeah. here around Atlanta, but also, hey, jump to a campus this Friday night and, and actually know God through yeah. worship. Um, so anyway, just want to encourage you in that. Be a part. Whatever it means for you, wherever you are, let's take our next step towards Jesus this year. Yeah, so David, what all else do we have coming up that we need to, you know, walk through? Oh my goodness, I don't know. We got yeah. a lot coming up. Yeah. Hey, so what we want to do is invite you to, to give, be a part of our giving. We believe that's an act of worship. Yeah. One of the ways that we know God is to experience his generosity towards us mm -hmm. so that we can be generous towards others. And so many of you are so generous. If you want to be a part of that, you can text GIVE to 37748 and participate in that. And that's a way that we worship God. Anything yeah. else that you want to like yeah, you lead know, me to say? No, that's good. That's good. I just want to. <laughs> so uh, in our Charleston Home Gatherings, we love to have a conversation. It's all about community, how we can talk. And so our question for today is out of the four things Jason talked about, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. What gets you most excited and why? What are you most excited to learn more yeah. about to discover? What about you? What do you think? Um, I think make a difference. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know God. I want I want freedom. Uh -huh. yeah, I want absolutely. all of them, but really make a difference is kind of what I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah. So, well, talk so. about that. Unpack the reasoning why, and um, we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.